Hello and welcome to this Expert Insights CD. I'm Donna Hansen from Prime Solutions Training and Consulting. Our Expert Insights CD series is designed to give professionals access to the latest trends, ideas, philosophies and approaches that impact on productivity, performance and achievement, both in business and personally. We know that these days it's often hard to find the time to step outside your world and find out what's happening in other organisations. Prime's Expert Insights CDs are designed to provide you with concise information on topics relevant to you on a regular basis in a format that maximises your time and keeps you up to date with current trends. In this Expert Insights CD, we speak with Narell Hoare. With 20 years experience in the corporate world, including time spent working within large organisations such as Woolworths, The Body Shop and the National Australia Bank, Narelle is the founder of Harmony Enterprise Australia, a company dedicated to creating workplaces with soul. A certified building biologist and design psychology coach, Narelle has worked with many organisations including accounting and financial planning firms, larger corporations and schools. She's a guest lecturer on healthy, sustainable building design and interior styling at the Wodonga TAFE. She's a blogger and an exceptional living motivational speaker. Today, Narelle is here to share with us her insights on how your office layout could be decreasing your productivity and what you can do about it. So today, she's going to share some insights. Welcome, Narelle. How are you? Very well, thank you, Donna. Um, look, let's get started. Why, why don't you tell our listeners how you came to be a specialist in the relationship between people, place and productivity? Certainly, Donna. Well, I'd say ever since I was um, a little girl, I have been obsessed with creating the perfect space. So you could say I've spent a lifetime gathering and studying, researching just about everything and anything to do with the built environment and how this affects our health and well-being and our ability to perform, I suppose, not only in the office environment but also life as well. I've studied things from building biology and design psychology, as you mentioned, but also interior design, colour therapy, and the list goes on. However, it wasn't until about five years ago that I started to apply what I had learnt into the office environment. Mm -hmm. Up until then, my work had primarily been in people's homes. The clincher for me was the sudden loss of my father, I suppose. It reminded me that life was short and we shouldn't take it for granted. And we had this responsibility for making each moment as awesome as we can. And that included those moments that we spent at work. Mm -hmm. So it got me to wondering why it uh, was that despite common sense, we continued to force a group of people to work in the same space with no regard for their wants, needs or personalities and expect them to get the most out of them. You know, I had spent 10 years working in soulless corporations, one after another, and I seemed to understand this. You know, the ones that were designed more with the bottom line in mind rather than the people that actually worked there. So it was at this point that I quit my job and went back to do more study and more research. It was uh, at this point that it started to all make sense. The answer for me lay more in the people rather than the bricks and mortar. It was not about green buildings or on-site gyms, foosball and breakout rooms that you hear about, but more about looking at the needs and wants of the employee first and providing them with a space that was theirs and the power to change it if they wanted. 
The answer lay in challenging the concept of the funky open plan spaces designed for collaboration and really looking at the relationships between our workspaces, our people and productivity. I can remember reading one article with a, from a Google employee who eloquently summed it up for me and it said, with all the open areas for food, games and TV, it can be surprisingly hard to find a quiet private place to work. Well, that's really interesting. I think there's a a focus these days on creating these sustainable workplaces, you know, hot desking, all of that sort of stuff, and environments that encourage uh, that interaction. Like we see that um, with a number of work hubs for people in small business where they can actually go to a location and have a community sort of focus that's work-related and make them feel like they're part of a a bigger entity uh, if they are working for themselves. So from what you're saying, it's not just about uh, considering the green elements, but also trying to gain a balance between having a a workplace that is um, recognised maybe as being innovative or congruent to be able to uh, create new and innovative ideas with something that actually truly does deliver a return on investment. Indeed. I mean, really, in regards to um, the expectations of um, the the space and the productivity of our teams, really it comes back to um, when people feel uncomfortable, they become distracted, they procrastinate, they are less engaged, and generally they become less productive. Um, We know that uh, the majority of people working in open planned offices are actually feeling right and uncomfortable right now. So it's surprising that uh, we're still seeing this big push towards the open plan office with little hubs for little meeting rooms. There's research being done by the University of Sydney that actually found workers stuck in cubicles and open office spaces were far more dissatisfied with their work environment than those people who actually had their own private office. It clearly showed that the supposed benefits of easy communication, which these open plan offices are talking about, actually don't outweigh the disadvantages. And those disadvantages being a major lack of privacy, the high noise level, they seem to have gotten less space, and even the lack of temperature control is a big concern for them. But Donna, it's not just the open plan offices that affect our productivity. There's also the the lack of natural light, uh, the absence of plants, simple air conditioning, sitting all day long. There's also the looking at the electromagnetic field burdens and lack of ownership and control are also cited to have a huge impact on people's ability to perform. Uh, And I know it might seem simplistic, Narelle, but realistically all of these things cost business you know they cost business to do something innovative or creative and create these funky types of workplaces but if it's not working and and enabling staff to to feel good and uh, I use the air quotations there to feel good then the cost to business is people will go I'm I'm not happy working in this environment I'm going to go somewhere else and that creates uh, you know, uh, gaps within the business and costs associated with having to recruit and retrain staff. So although there might not appear to be a direct cost to the business associated with some of these things that seemingly have a bottom line value, uh, you know, the cost goes beyond, you know, the obvious, doesn't it? 
It most definitely does. It, it goes, when we look at, uh, put it down to sick days um, and stress leave, uh, there's a huge economic cost that um, that businesses are paying due to providing staff with a, a, a workspace that isn't necessarily designed to make that particular work uh, employee feel safe and secure. So there's not only, as you said, the uh, bottom line of recruiting and uh, getting new staff in but it's and the retention, but it's also that sick day. It's the productivity as well. They're not performing at the best mm-hmm. and uh, also that the stress leaves, that the, the the procrastination at 3.30 in the afternoon when their energies are low. Just following on from one other thing I just thought of is, you know, there's a lot, lots of large organisations and I'm trying to remember which organisation it was. I know it was a global brand introduced a clear desk policy. The policy was they had to clear their desk and all of their stuff went into a locker and there was like a clear desk policy. And, um, you know, it's interesting, those things, I guess, are designed to create efficiency, but they can also create a disconnect. And and um, despite uh, the intent being, I, I guess, more pure, uh, it leaves people feeling a little a little less loved. Most definitely. And I do know that there, there is a large corporation in, in um, Australia, and I won't name names. <laughs> Um, but but they uh, have instigated that policy, and uh, I know someone who has worked for that organisation the entirety of his life. So he has been with them probably 30 years or more, and he's all of a sudden been thrown out of his office, uh, is the way he sees it, and has no place and home. And for him, he's not um, just a part-time or temporary employee. He is someone who goes and works at this office every single day, yet he has to unpack his office, um, set up his desk at the beginning of the day and at the end pack everything away. So for him, it becomes a very, very cold and impersonal place. And I'd have to question whether that becomes a productive place. Yeah, I was just going to say that, uh, whether or not it becomes uh, productive. Now, look, uh, I know there's a lot of things that we're going to get through in our short space of time here. So I'd like to move on. Can you share with our listeners how the layout of an office could be affecting our own and our team's productivity? I know we've touched on that uh, with regard to open plan offices, etc., but uh, you did um, you did mention things like uh, the function, the flow, and feel. You know, tell me a little bit more about those things and how they can affect our productivity. Okay, so we sort of look at rather than looking at actual design um, and the lean approach, we look at the function and flow and feel of a place and uh, actually focus on the people. So the function, flow and feel comes from an adaptation of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. So he's a famous psychologist who came up with the idea that we all step through a process trying to get to what's called self-actualization. And that's the point where basically every single day we are enjoying everything that we do. So we've adapted that and uh, placed it into the workspace environment and uh, come up with a hierarchy that starts with facility and then goes to function, flow and feel. So facility basically is the actual physical place. We all have a physical place we work. So that exists, whether it be the office, home, car or the local coffee shop, it doesn't really matter. Function, however, refers to the workspace's ability to function as a workspace. 
So that would be questions like, is there a desk? Is there a chair? Um, one would argue that in a coffee shop there's not perhaps the privacy required. So is there um, the other physical needs like warmth, light and ventilation? And it's at this level that I would say the majority of workspaces are designed to actually look at the function and, and most of them tick that off to a degree. Mm -hmm. The flow, however, really refers to how easy the workspace makes it for you to do your job quickly and efficiently. So that's looking at things like is it clear and uncluttered, is there enough storage? But we also look at uh, does it provide you with your privacy and a quiet space to think or a collaborative team meeting behind closed doors. The ability to do your job well, if you're someone who can't work while there's noise going on, then having one of these hot desks behind your desk where you've got a team of people meeting and, and having a, a conversation, it then makes it very, very difficult for you to get into the flow of what it is you're required to do. And I think not all the time, well, certainly not all the time, a lot of the time, organisations when they're choosing or they're thinking about their workspace aren't necessarily thinking about the specific needs of individuals and I, I know it seems a lot to consult staff as to what we're going to do and, and obviously you know that can be more practical in smaller organisations to larger organisations but that's often where I guess having things like focus groups or team leaders that come in and, and have those conversations about how their department works as a team and, and what might work for them and what might not, I guess all that input can help in A, getting some sort of buy-in so that whatever solution an organisation works with or comes up with, people are on board and have already bought ownership into it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that um, you're dead right in terms of uh, it being difficult to, uh, that there's a need to look at it from an individual point of view. But we can look at it in, in a broader sense. For example, you know, when we're looking at simply that the, the some people work in, well in an open environment and some people don't. Mm. So when you're looking at the floor plan, providing office spaces or chill out rooms or breakout rooms, whatever you want to call them, but have them more vacant so that you can book those book times in to utilise those spaces. What you find is that in major organisations, they're creating the um, nice funky designs, they've got uh, the open plan offices and the managers are still getting placed within the office spaces which makes it hard for the one or two employees who really do need a quiet space to think to actually find that. So I guess in organisations where they do have that structure and, and, you know, a lot of our listeners won't be in a position to, you know, provide input on redesign, but mm. it, it's about, I guess, making ourselves and our teams feel comfortable with booking a meeting room and going and working in that meeting room when we know we've got something that we need to focus on in, in much the same way as I encourage people to shut down their email when they've got something to concentrate on. Uh, in much the same way if they isolate themselves when they need to, either themselves or a small group of them, uh, and, and go to a meeting room and, and don't be uncomfortable with the fact that, it, that you need to go in there to get some, some privacy and some space to collect your thoughts. That's exactly right. It's about creating a culture where the staff don't feel uncomfortable with doing that. So that if you do have, you know, a job that requires 
writing a report, for example, and, and you can't be interrupted or it's, it's more productive for you not yep. to be interrupted. Yep. Um, then yes, booking a meeting room in, and not only that, but if you've booked a meeting room in for two hours, uh, you've got two hours to do that. If you're out in your own office and you've got all day to do it, then it, there's a potential that it'll take all day. So you can see directly that, that the change the productivity of your staff if you start providing them with that culture. And I also know that uh, what I jokingly say to a few people is when you have a time frame to work within, you actually end up working faster. So, uh, you know, the the example I use is if someone gave me an all-expenses-paid trip uh, to Hawaii and I only had two days to tidy up all my work before I had to go, you find a way to get all that stuff done. So when you, you're focused and directed like you are when you isolate yourself in a meeting room, for example, you, you do tend to, uh, to get more done than you would if you're in an open plan space. That's exactly right, yeah. So we've got a range of, uh, of listeners to the Expert Insights CD series, uh, Narelle, and some of them will be working in corporate environments. Some, some of them might be in their own business or some of them might manage a team of people. So uh, if we look at all those aspects, what are the signs that we should be looking for that the office layout that you have may be affecting your own productivity or that of your team? So there's, there's several and, and lots. Um, so from a corporate point of view, it, it is really about doing a walkthrough um, if you're a manager or up and really looking at the productivity of your employees doing a walkthrough a couple of times a day and see what's going on. Other things can be that a high level of sick days is often a good indicator um, or doing your walkthrough in the afternoon at 3.30 when uh, often you see what's called the 3.30-itis happening around the office space. Poor staff morale um, and a lack of motivation. You know that the culture of your, your company is very much tied up into how the, the workspace um, as well. So if, if you look at uh, people taking off-site meetings um, or going choosing to work from home, it's an indication that they don't feel as though they can do their best work at the actual place you're providing them to work for. There's also agitation um, amongst the team. So sometimes you'll see some uh, interdepartmental um, what do we call it? Not feuding, but you know, there's a there's the finance team, but there's the accounts team. They're completely different. They don't talk to each other, or the HR department. Those types of things can also, but mean that there may be a something to have a look at. From your own point of view, if you are a small operator, you would know whether or not you're working as productive as you can. You would know the times that you start procrastinating. And, and and that would be really having a self-reflection. Having said all that, I would go out on a limb and say that all officers out there could make a change or two. This would dramatically change their productivity as well as their staff, but also uh, employee satisfaction, motivation, staff morale. And the outcome of all of this is also a... Um, increase in the corporate branding or what we call the internal corporate branding. So when we look at internal corporate branding, we're talking about the way the staff move and feel and is that reflective 
of the image that it's mm. providing out there. That's yeah. a really good point. You know, um, a lot of people like work in organisations and then when you interact with them outside of their business and, you know, you might be talking to someone at a barbecue or whatever and you ask them what do they do and when they tell you where they work, underlying it's human nature to look at that and you might go well gee you're not on the brand I can't connect you working for that particular brand so I guess what you're saying is um, like similar to that in internally does that person represent the brand in their everyday transactions correct and it's looking at I um, find it quite amazing even someone like uh, Facebook and Google in some of their offices uh, are doing this. You'll go to the reception area. They've got all these great funky designs. They've got beautiful reception desks. They've got a place where you can go and get a meal and you can sit anywhere and doing it. But when you go into the back, when you go in and have a look what they're actually, you know, everyday working like, it's exactly the same. There's long tables or cubicles um, with people shoved in left, right and centre trying to do their work. So... The corporate branding of Google um, is a little bit off kilter to what it's providing its staff. So I'd be saying, you know, whatever you have out there and are trying to portray out to the um, outside public, world. Mm. do it from the inside. Mm, mm. Okay, so are there a couple of things that people could do or look at as far as those changes are concerned? What, what sort of things are we talking about that they could do? So the changes, um, there's several changes that could, could really make a dramatic effect. The first one really would have to be get some plants into your office space. If you have not got plants in your office space, that would be the first step. And the reason I say that is, number one, it, it's not a hard thing to do. The majority of offices can actually fit them in. But the amount of research that is out there that connects plants and a healthier, more productive staff is, is enormous. So does the it have to be uh, like a physical growing plant or uh, could it be something like cut flowers? Look, I would advocate for a physical growing plant and the reason I say that is that cut flowers and artwork um, of, of nature can do quite a lot to help. So they've had studies that show that simply a, a, a picture of nature helps with cognitive function, helps with mental clarity and helps with... Um, you know, you're feeling less stressed. However, the benefits with your plants is they also will um, remove toxins out of the air and increase the oxygen in the air. So we know there's a relationship between, you know, the amount of oxygen we take in, so that's why exercise is always so good for us in the workplace as well, and the, our ability to work quickly and clearly. Yep. So with us all surrounded by computers in the office today, uh, any suggestions around things like, I mean, I've heard about things like salt lamps, which are, oh, I guess they're sort of like a lamp that plugs in and it's supposed to diffuse uh, the energy that comes out of a computer. Yeah. Look, there is, this, salt lamps do have a, a place. The argument there in terms of science, there is a, a small portion in science that will say that a salt lamp will help. Basically what a salt lamp is doing is it is going to help drop any dust out of the airspace. That's pretty much what it does. Or ionises the air is the technical term. 
But what um, is even better, and, and this often people will say to me, oh, but goodness me, I have pretty shoes on, um, is working barefoot in the office. The benefit of that is that while we're all tapping away on our computers, we are getting an electrical load um, go through our body. When we've got our shoes on, our body is maintaining that, and that's where a lot of this free 30 itis, the lethargy and fatigue, comes from. So there's a lot of scientific evidence out there that shows too much electrical overburden on our body to help stop mental clarity, it's, uh, lack of concentration, fatigue, headaches, those sorts of things that by working with your shoes off or in your break taking your shoes off and, and just unloading uh, can definitely uh, increase your productivity. Well, that's pretty simple. So it's next you. time I get 3.30-itis, I take my shoes off. Take your shoes off, correct, or even better, have your shoes off the majority of the time. Like I get it in a corporate office, uh, but I've, I um, do some part-time stuff in corporates and whenever I'm there, I... Take my shoes off. Oh, wow. Whilst I'm under the desk, and of course, when I get up and walk around, I'm not that tall that uh, I can uh, not walk around without my shoes on. <laughs> so what else could we do, Narelle? That, that seems uh, pretty simple to help us feel a bit better. What else could we do? Definitely. De- um, declutter, uh, which is often uh, a term thrown out there, really is a vital um, part of making a productive workspace. There's lots of different processes out there. I tend to work with the Japanese's 5S um, organisational method. Basically, though, it's about having everything having its own space and it being in its own space. So that when you're actually wanting to go and find your stapler, you're not spending four minutes trying to figure out which drawer your stapler is in. Um, and it's making that a priority. So I often advocate that there's clean-up days. Now, whether or not that's once a month, once every two months, once a year, but it's a day where the, the company actually encourages staff to come in casual clothes. We're not opening emails today. What we're doing is we're cleaning out, cleaning up and cleaning out so that you make sure that they've only got things that they need at their workspace. Mm-hmm. The other things that um, can be done is looking at natural light. Um, there's huge amount of studies in regards to natural light and it's helping us with our sleeping patterns as well as our health. And they show that if we are working in an office without natural light in it, then we don't sleep as well as those people who work in an office that does have that natural light. So trying to um, you know, open curtains and things like that I know there's lots of issues these days with the computer glare when the curtains are open, but having those open as much as possible so that you can get the natural light. The only other thing that would really, really make a huge difference, and that is the ability to provide your staff with ownership and their own personality in the workplace. Often we have these grey cubicles that don't have any personality. And there's been an amazing study done recently that um, over in England that showed that offices that actually provided people with the opportunity to have ownership of their own space and a personality actually increased productivity by 32% for these employees. Oh, wow. That's right. Well, it seems, you know, there's not much doubt that in the process of enriching, engaging and empowering your staff to sort of 
I, I guess, um, not necessarily decorate, but, you know, to liven up their, their workspace environment has a positive uh, impact. What other effects have, have you seen these changes have on um, teams? So there's been lots and lots, and, and different places it will be different things based on, on what's going on in the culture of their business. But what we've seen is an increase in employee satisfaction, motivation and engagement. And that simply is when you ask an employee what they want, often they may not even come back with anything different than what they've been provided, but they've been asked. And for them, that means that they've got worth to that company. By providing employees with the option of, as we are talking about, having a breakout room, it decreases staff stress and their illness and generally improves their mood. So what we're talking about there is, you know, when you put an introvert like myself into an open plan office, for me, the noise level is, it's pretty much like working in a train station. However, on the flip side, um, if you put an extrovert into an office, um, often you'll find that they are never in their office because they're already always out in the team because an office for them is like being banished. So once you've gotten the right staff in the right place, all of a sudden their stress levels are lifted and they start improving their general moods around the place. Mm. It will also strengthen employee ownership um, and their sense of belonging and, and, and their company worth. Once the company starts listening to its employees, all of a sudden they will start going out there and, and advocating for their company. Oh, my company's fantastic because it actually listens to what I have to say. So it's also, you know, in strengthening that company culture and encouraging the staff out there. It also will ultimately enhance the customer experience and improve overall customer service. I've found in one company that I've worked with, they've got the most amazing image out there in the workspace, people go in there and um, really enjoy visiting as visitors, as customers. However, when you step behind the scenes, those who are actually in their call centre, in the dealing with the people one-on-one -on, -one on those um, phones, it's not representation of the actual business. Mm. These people aren't reminded every single day, wow, this is who we work for. And that's what this does. It provides you with an opportunity to remind your staff every day, wow, this is what we work for. Mm. Look, we're fast running out of time, Narelle, and, and we've uh, covered a lot of, lot of good ground. So I guess, um, we, and we've talked about one or two things that people can can do that that really don't cost very much. Um, if if we wanted to, you know, do something a bit more in depth, what would be the next steps? So the next step would really be a workspace audit. Mm -hmm. So we have a function flow and feel audit that we conduct with um, all of our new clients. And uh, it really is an in-depth look at exactly how the space is being utilised. So we look at does it function as an actual workspace? Do we have chairs? Is it ergonomically um, designed, natural light, uh, the plants? How does it flow so that we look at the introvert and extrovert? You know, is there places for people to go, for example, or is there not 
and we also look at the feel. And with the feel, it really is looking, does this feel like an office space uh-huh. or does this feel like somewhere I would like to go and spend eight hours every single day? I believe you've got an ebook that might help our listeners, uh, you know, get started in in this aspect. If they, you know, and then once they read that, they could have a bit of a look, and and even if they're interested in an audit, no doubt they could get in contact. So, how do they go about um, finding this uh, new ebook that you've just written? Yeah, most definitely. The ebook is available, of course, on our website, which is www.workspacedesignpsychology.com.au. They can download the new ebook from there. There's also a number of interesting articles and TED Talks which focus on productivity in the workspace. Alternatively, if they want to have a conversation and get some more tips and hints, they can call me directly on my mobile. Uh, the number there for that is 0408. One one three nine eight six. That that's fantastic. So just to recap on that uh, website address, the three W's dot workspace workspace design psychology dot com dot au. That that's fantastic. I'm I'm really inspired, and and now I'm going to go, and I think I'm going to rearrange everything in my office. Uh, and certainly, I uh, I think all our listeners should have a bit of a think about. Is there something in their office that's blocking them from being able to work as productive as they can? And even if that's the first step, and pop over to your website and download that ebook, and certainly uh, get in contact if they're interested in in just having a, an audit uh, where you'd come in and and find out what are some of the things that they could do. That aren't necessarily going to cost money but could uh, effectively increase the morale and the motivation and energy levels of of staff. Thanks so much, Narelle, for your time today and for your insights on how our office layout could be decreasing our productivity and what we can do about it. Thanks for joining us for this Expert Insights CD. For more information on Prime Solutions training and consulting in our services, visit our website, the three W's, Prime Solutions with an S at the end, .net.au. Until next time, this is Donna Hansen helping you work smarter and not harder with technology. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.